tonight at the season finale of Just Cow in the City. I've got to be told ahead of time. What am I going to talk about? Of course, I'm crazy. Who's asking for a martini without vermouth? Who the fuck wants to have a steak dinner outdoors? Why wouldn't I want that doctor back again? Just go in the city forever! Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the season finale of Just Gow in the City as we end the summer and travel into the fall of 2022. Everybody knows my particular favorite time of the year and usually the best time to be in New York City if you ever were going to visit New York City or if you'd want to come. I don't know why. Everything's a mess, but uh, we'll get to that in a second, but Yes, the the season finale where I uh, take a week break and really contemplate what I'm doing. I mean, what are we all doing? But I have to ask now myself and and come to some sort of terms because um, I don't know. Is the uh, you know this is the, the 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 contemplation? Is the podcast working? Does anybody care? Is anybody out there? I mean, certainly I know I have some unbelievable Patreon fans that are terrific, but. Ironically, the people who are on Patreon have become my friends, but I'm talking about these are like high school friends. Like my friend Lee dropped his subscription after I badmouthed him and his wife and his stupid party. <laughs> it's it's kind of hilarious, but I'm not going to deny, you know, I am still, uh, I don't know what you'd call me, but I was very upset about it. Uh, listen, I cannot blame him. For dropping it, but I, 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 it upset me all day when I found out he dropped. He dropped it on my birthday, and I'm like, "Why did you drop?" And then he wrote a couple days later. He's like, "You, you know, made fun of me, my wife, my party." And I'm like, "Yeah, I told you not to listen to the podcast. What's the matter? That's on you, man. My sister knows. My mother knows. Don't listen. What's the matter with you?" And my friend Lawrence, his wife dropped it. I'm assuming for the same reason. I don't know why for sure. I, I don't think I threw her under the bus this time, but uh, I don't know. You know, that's what I do. I mean, that's why you kind of listen to the podcast. It's fun to throw everybody under the bus and then apologize for it later. But it does make me feel a little bit bad. But, you know, he said your lies and embellishments of the party were unacceptable. And I said, well, I didn't lie about anything. I embellished. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, that's how you put together a good podcast. But I didn't lie about anything. That's the one thing I never do. I never lie. I might leave stuff out just so I don't actually hurt other people's feelings, but uh, I, I held back from what I wanted to say, and, and many times I'll hold back from what I want to say about other people because I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I feel like I can go just enough, but I guess this time I went too far, and uh, after, uh, I don't know, since I've known him since 1980, what is that, 50 years Something like that. Uh, Lee and I are no longer friends. Well, what are you going to do? You know, these things happen. Uh, no, I mean, I'm sure we'll be. I mean, you can't just throw away 50 years on. Uh, so, I mean, technically, I could have said all this to him on the phone or he could have heard it through somebody else. and We would have been in the same situation. It's uh, I guess I should be honored or flattered that my friends think that or like even somebody like Jeff Ross, who sometimes gets upset uh, what I say in the podcast, uh, I guess I should be flattered that people think there are so many listeners that we have, right? 
I mean, I, I know there's the the bunch of us that know each other and and stuff, but let's face it, I I mean, maybe I got a thousand listeners, maybe. I don't know. You know, then there's the people that never tell you they're listening or something. But, you know, it's really I mean, in the in the, the scheme of things, it's not very much. And as far as I'm concerned, we probably have like 20 listeners. So uh, I, I guess I should uh, be, uh, like I said, flattered that anybody thinks that uh, anyone cares uh, what <laughs> what I think. So I don't know. I don't think I, um, you know, I maybe I. I guess I didn't have to say they're horrible caterers or whatever, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? So, I mean, yeah, do I apologize? I I mean, he's not going to listen again, so it doesn't matter if I apologize. You know what I'm saying? He's definitely not listening to, you know, this week's retraction or anything, but there's no retraction. I can't retract what I said. All that stuff is what I'm feeling inside. I, You know, obviously I was mad at them for not letting me stay over in the first place. But none of it was lies, but... I mean, if it hurt my friend Lee's feelings, I really don't care about anybody else but Lee because Lee is the sweetest, nicest, kindest human being you could ever meet. So to make him upset is a real feat, um, really something you really have to have a skill for, uh, as I do. Uh, thank you. And uh, But it's also a douche move on my part. Seriously, he might be the sweetest person any of us will ever meet in our lives. And to make him upset in any way was not my intention. But then you say to yourself, well, how could it not be your intention? I mean, you were so mean. But I was just angry. And I mean, I made it pretty clear. I'm an idiot. This is all me. I'm crazy. It really had nothing to do with him. I think I made that pretty clear. I am a a special person (laughs) and I have strange requests and needs. Well, why don't we just begin and I'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about. It doesn't end with me. I can't help the way I am. I mean, can I help it? Maybe. I probably don't have to reiterate everything on a podcast. That seems no reason to not have a podcast. (laughs) What am I going to talk about? What are we going to be like everybody else? Let's interview some celebrities. Oh, that's nobody's done that before. Oh, well, let's have some guests that suck, that have nothing to say, and we just don't know. Now, now, how'd you get started in show business? Shut up. Because besides it being Lee Majors from The Six Million Dollar Man, then I really don't care. But what I'm saying is, I mean, the same thing happened on Friday. I mean, you should have seen how angry I got last Friday, August 12th, for my birthday. I am a little boy, a very troubled crazy individual that clearly has a lot of issues. Now, if Lee were to listen today, he would have to hear this part and say, you know, I forget Juskow is, quote, special. And then he would know this has nothing to do with Lee or his wife, who I like very much. This is a Dave Juskow issue. And Dave Juskow's crazy. And what you do is you just let it go. Well, that's just how he's insane. He's going to badmouth us no matter what we do because he's insane. And he likes things a certain way. And if they do not go to the specifications that Dave Juskow wants, then everybody's at fault. I am the Larry David of my generation and everyone knows it. On Friday, I was supposed to, I mean, I did have dinner with Artie Lang's sister, uh, oh my God! I forgot her space for a second. Stacy, 
my friend Caitlin, whose father owned the restaurant we were going to, and that that was supposed to be the story, right? Okay, so right after I finished recording, I get a call from Caitlin, and she goes, Stacy just called the restaurant and switched your reservation. And I'm like, excuse me? You can see where this is going. She called on my reservation with my credit card and switched the reservation because she wanted to eat outside. And I was livid. I mean livid. Then she told me she also added another person to the reservation. I'm like, what? And she goes, I I think she wants it to be a surprise, so don't tell her. I'm like, a surprise? Does this girl not know me at all? I hate surprises. I mean, I hate surprises. And I do not want to eat outside in the middle of August. Was it one of the greatest nights of the year? Maybe, but it was still a little humid. I mean, it was a good day for August. Yes, but I don't, I'm sick of eating outside. I never want to eat outside. They were just talking, the mayor has just chopped down a couple of sheds, those fucking horrible sheds that are in the city that, yes, helped us through COVID, but now they need to be torn down. Now he's chopping down the ones that are just disgusting and put up really poorly and all that kind of stuff. I don't know why he needs to be involved in chopping a couple of them down, but then there are the other people that really go to a lot of effort. They went to a lot of effort to make them look good and to make them be cool in the summer and hot in the winter. It doesn't work, but at least they try to build their business more so they can seat more customers and make some money back since COVID. I don't know how much it helps in the wintertime, but this time of the year on a pleasant day, instead of just putting out a couple of tables outside on the sidewalk, it's not a horrible idea. But it is a horrible idea because, again, New York is a disaster. At least Manhattan is a mess. Nobody wants to go back to the office, not just because they're afraid of COVID. This has become a very dangerous city. There's a lot of nonsense that's been going on lately, and you just read about it every day. Just stuff that didn't maybe happen in the 70s, and we're like back. But these sheds, what street did I go down the other day where it was fucking terrifying? Because you can't get out of the sidewalk. And I'm mostly talking about, first of all, you can't escape anybody that's coming anymore because you can't run into the street because all the sheds are blocking you. But mostly, it's for garbage purposes. So the garbage is all lined up next to the sheds. So you have a very limited space when the rats come out to run away. And it's terrifying. Was it 46th Street? Where was I the other day where I couldn't, I was so panicked. I know the rats were around. I saw them running around. But normally, you could go into the street where they never go and get out of the way. And see, you know, if you see a pile of garbage on the sidewalk, you know they're going to run past you. So you could get out of the way. Now you can't because of these sheds that are mostly bringing the rats because they're full of food, which is the bad part about sitting outside. You're sitting with rats and mice and a horrible, I mean, yeah, if you're doing it in a restaurant too, probably, but they usually don't scurry around so freely as they do when they're outside, which makes a heck of a lot of sense. But this is, I mean, these sheds are awful when they're all put together and you have no escape. And this is what happens at the Comedy Cellar, too. Now that road that, you know, that, that McDougal Street that used to be, you, at least you could get out into the street for a second and get some air from all the lines that are just sitting there. You can't walk down the sidewalk. Everybody's sitting there. Now you can't move because all the sheds are in the way. And the Comedy Cellar has set up their shed so nice. It's got a TV in there where you can see what's going on. 
You can see the comedian on stage. It's really set up very impressive. I, I have to say, I know that's my place and everything, but it's really nice. And they put work into it. But does everybody want it gone? Yes, including the seller, I think. But why should they take it down if they don't have to, if it's not the, the law to take it down? But somebody's going to have to make a move. Uh, and I guess he's, I mean, really, he should appoint me. I should go through every restaurant in the city and see which sheds are worthy of staying and which ones really need to go immediately or at least fix up their shed. I'm not talking about putting thousands of dollars into it. I'm like saying maybe you could replace a piece of wood so it's not disgusting and and, and isn't moldy. But these sheds are horrible. Anyway, I'm sick of eating outside. I don't want to eat outside, and it's my birthday, and I should be I should be able to decide where the hell we eat, and I want to eat inside. I'm having a steak dinner. Who the fuck wants to have a steak dinner outdoors? I mean, unless you're barbecuing in somebody's lawn, and even then, you have to. What am I gonna? I'm gonna sit on a bench and cut a steak with a knife and fork? No, this is a a steak place like a Wolfgang's where I need a huge table for all the sides, for all the appetizers, for the many drinks I have. I don't have time for a, a wobbly table and a crappy chair that's gonna hurt my tushy. So I was not interested in that either. I made the reservation, and that's the way it should be. But to not call me and say, hey, you know, what do you think about moving outside? Not cool. Totally not cool. I I think most of you would be with me on this, that that is way uncool. And I went ballistic. And then on my way there, I was talking to my friend Caitlin, but I didn't say anything to stay. No, I did. I texted her back, and I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with you? I want to eat inside. She goes, but it's the most beautiful. I'm like, I don't care what you say. This is my, and the thing is, when it comes to Stacy or really anybody I dine with, I'm like, ladies choice, whatever you want. This is the one day of the year I decide we're going to eat inside because we're really celebrating my birthday, right? And you know how serious I am about my birthday. So I, I really always, whatever Stacy wants to do, hey, whatever Stacy wants to do, right? Can't say that name without doing the demon. Uh, whatever any girl I go out with wants to do, is fine with me. I mean, can I suggest sitting inside? You want to eat outside? Not really. But if they say I'd really like to, I'm like, okay, whatever you want is fine. I mean, really. So this is the one day I want to say, let alone what we were eating. You know what I'm saying? Now, maybe she doesn't eat a lot. And all the people I was with, they don't eat that much. You know how I like going out with the people that can, you know, keep up with me. So that's so then my friend Caitlin goes, and she goes, well, I'm not really going to eat with you. You know, I'm just going to sit with you guys. And, I, and then I start going crazy. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean you're not going to eat? He's like, well, no, I, I didn't know you wanted me. I'm like, what? We, I thought you just wanted because my dad owns a I'm like, what's the matter with you? You're like one of my best pals. What are you talking about? Why would you have a big lunch knowing we were going to eat? I, I think she got confused. I don't know. She always, uh, whatever. I mean, she's so sweet and we talk a lot. And and I don't understand why she wouldn't think that I wanted. But meanwhile, we were like, who the fuck is this fourth person? I mean, what is that all about? Who's that going to be? Is it going to be Artie? I don't know. It was no secret. There was no secret. Caitlin got that wrong, too. I mean, it was just, she just bought a friend. And, and the friend couldn't have been any nicer. I, I think her name was Deb or something. Couldn't have been any nicer, but that wasn't the point. I've got to be told ahead of time. You can't just, I, I told her when I saw her, I was like, I am not a more the merrier kind of person. I need to know in advance. If you told me, can I bring my friend Deb along? I'm going to trust Stacy because she really has nice friends. But you got to let me know. You can't. I'm not that way. As a matter of fact, we even spoke about this because she invited me to some girl's birthday in January, if you remember, with all these girls. 
And I'm like, you sure it's okay if I come? I mean, even though it sounds like, a, you know, I don't know this girl and it's a girl's birthday. She goes, no, she won't mind. And I'm like, really? Because I'd be livid about this. I mean, she didn't seem to remember our conversation where I said this would really be problematic for me and I would never talk to you again if you did this to me. But I guess, uh, I don't know, for some people, people uh, people don't listen to everything I say. I don't understand why they don't take it to... It's like, uh, I guess when you talk as much as I do, uh, people stop paying attention. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I say, hey, Stacy, what's the matter with you? I told you I don't like any surprises. I thought I made that clear. I like two things. Iced tea and uh, Led Zeppelin Four side two. I thought I made that perfectly clear. Anyway, so I was so upset. I pull in, I'm nervous about my car not starting, you know, everything, but I... I pull and I right. I had trouble in the garage again. Started, but then I pull in the Hoboken garage, and I'm like, whatever. I get to the bar. Caitlin's already there because she she was working. The it was a coincidence that she got the call from Stacy because she happened to be working the phones for her father. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known any of this. And I go in, and I'm sitting with the manager and Caitlin, right? And the bartender's taking her sweet time to get. I know, I know. I just need a drink, and I'm gonna be. I'm going to forgive everything. I'm going to, I'll be a different person. I'll go into my Jessica Dan characters. You know, I need one drink. The bartender just keeps pussyfooting around. I'm like, I don't understand. I'm sitting with the manager. Why aren't I getting instantaneous service? Right? I mean, that's not, I understand how it is most of the time, but I'm like, I'm sitting with the manager. She sees I'm sitting here and with the owner's daughter. Who the fuck is this bartender? What a piece of shit she is. And then I come in. And then finally, she's like, oh, I'll be with you in a minute. I'm like, in a minute? And then I said to Caitlin, I'm like, it's kind of weird, right? I'm sitting with the owner's daughter and the manager. And she's like, yeah, I mean, she's not that great. I'm like, this is weird. I guess people are keeping staff members just to, because everybody's short-staffed. I, I, I don't know. Uh, right? I mean, am I cra- of course I'm crazy. Of course I'm crazy. But when you put it into terms like that, you're like, it's kind of weird that she wouldn't want to take care of whoever's with the manager Sitting at the bar it would seem like you'd forgo other people to make sure that the guy who's sitting with the man at your boss would be served. I, I don't know. So, you know, then I asked her for a martini. And lately, I've just like, I decided to go with the martini. Believe I thought about it the entire Lincoln Tunnel ride. <laughs> now, what should I open with? And I'm like, I'll get a martini. And then I'm like, well, how can I tell them I want a martini? I want a vodka martini. And I, Obviously, I wanted to shake it, not stirred. But it turns out I wanted stirred, not shaken. That's what people have told me. Because I don't like those stupid ice chips in it. I do not like the ice chips. Let alone, you tell them you want it dry. They don't. So you want vermouth? I'm like, well, I said dry, but I didn't say fucking desert shit. Of course, I want vermouth. Who's asking for a martini with that vermouth? Then you're just asking for vodka. I don't know. Then she gave me attitude. Because I was like, I don't want any ice chips. She's like, wait, so you don't want me to share? I mean, it, that was my fault. My communication is off because I'm not sure how to order it anymore because I want such specific things. But the thing is, when you order a martini, it is a very specific. I mean, James Bond has taught us that. A martini is a very specific drink. Out of what well, you can order. You order a Manhattan, you get a Manhattan. You order a, a Moscow Mule, you get a Moscow Mule. But a martini is very specific. You know, Gin. Vodka, do you want olives? Would you rather have a twist? Do you want a little vermouth? Do you want no vermouth? You know what I'm saying? So you have to be specific. So to her get annoyed with whatever I'm saying, again, sitting with the owner's daughter and the manager, 
and for her to get annoyed. What an asshole. I asked for her resignation immediately uh, after the night was over. Well, of course I didn't because after the night was over, I was in a good mood. So, But uh, right then I was like, she should be fired. But you can't fire anybody these days because they're so short-staffed. You got to take the zeros that work at this place. And she's probably worked there for years. just doesn't have patience for me, which you also have to respect. I'm not going to kowtow to this jerk off. I heard his podcast and he's a piece of shit. So that I can respect. Obviously that I can respect. So then Stacy comes in and she goes, and I go, yeah, I changed the reservation back to inside. Nice try, jerk off. And she goes, well, I thought your texts were kidding. I'm like, no, no, I'm not kidding. You should have told me first. I, I, I was berating her as soon as she came in because I was furious. But she's so kind a person, like she was just going with it. And I apologize. And I said, look, I, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like that you surprised me. I don't like you went behind my back and changed the reservation. I don't like any of that stuff. She goes, but it's so beautiful. I'm like, I don't care. So then I said, why don't we split it? Why don't we split it? We'll eat here inside in the comforts of, because then I talked to the, uh, the what, what do you call them, the hostess. There's two of them. And I said, what, what do you think I should do? And they're like, well, I'm always an AC girl. And I'm like, yeah, I hear that. Yeah. 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 We're bringing it inside. I went back and forth so many times because I did want to please everybody. And like I said, Stacey's very nice. But I really wanted to eat inside. They're like, what about that table? It's right by the window. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. I'm like, yeah, we'll sit there behind the piano player with a big, what do you call it? Picturesque window, a, a, a bay window kind of, you know, where everything is open. You can see them on the, you know, on the streets, but it's enclosed with air conditioning. I'm like, this is perfect. We'll have dessert outside. How about that? How about that? You little... <laughs> So after the first martini, I felt pretty good. And it was a pretty good martini, though, even though she gave me a lip about it. Uh, but then I was feeling better. And then when we sat down, I was feeling really good. And like I said, she bought this friend, and she couldn't have been anything but nice. And that usually happens when somebody brings somebody, but I need to know in advance. What do you want me to do? I, I don't know. You know, because you don't know. You just don't know what people are expecting or what people think you're going to like. I remember... Um, I guess I better not use any names. I have a friend, and he bought this guy over, and he knows not to bring this guy over, and it's not my party. It was like Sarah's or something, and uh, this guy was like awful. And Sarah, like, next day, like, what the fuck? Why would you bring this? He's like, what are you talking about? Like, he, he just didn't have any idea that this guy was not cool, and that can happen sometimes. You might like somebody. Well, it'd be like bringing me to a party. Well, you bought this guy? Have you heard his podcast? It's awful. Yeah, I could be that guy sometimes. Can you imagine just bringing me out of the blue? How are you? That pretty much happened yesterday. I went to this funeral. But anyway, more on that later. On the season finale of Just Cow in the City. So then we sit down and the guy and the piano player starts playing the Rainbow Connection. And I'm like, all right, now I'm in my happy place. What? When is a guy going to sit down playing the piano? He plays... He's playing the Rainbow Connection, and then I think he starts playing Steely Dan. I'm like, I could not be happier. I think I had another drink. Maybe I can't remember. Maybe I switched over to wine. I don't remember what happened, but I was very happy. And then the menu came, and I was like happy, and I was going to get the shrimp. And then Caitlin got some shrimp, so it made me really happy. Oh, and then we got the bacon. You know, I love it. We both got bacon. Right, right. We shared the shrimp, and then we both got the bacon. I was so happy she wanted to get the bacon. 
And I'm like, you don't want to get it in the Caesar salad? Because I guess I guess that's the last time I'll be going to Wolfgang's with Lee and Laura. Uh, so I, I better, I, I hope I enjoyed it while I could. Yeah, we both got the bacon. It was so good. And then they had a porter. I knew nobody was going to join me for steak. So they had a porterhouse for one, thank God. Perfect. Because that's all I wanted. The porterhouse for one, perfect. Because at Wolfgang's, you can't order for one. And that's what I want. I want the good, juicy little chunks. Of, oh, my God. Isn't that good, right? So then I was really happy. And then, you know, just the steak was delicious and everything was perfect and the drinks and the conversation. Everything was beautiful. It's back to normal. I explained why I'm like this. I, I mean, I gave him a little bit of insight, but nobody will ever know what caused me to end up like this. I, I mean, is it uh, family issues? Uh uh, just all around, uh, I got something in my brain that doesn't function correctly. We'll never know. I mean, I, I'm going to need years of psychotherapy for this, which maybe I can get now that I have insurance. And again, more to come on that. Coming up in the season finale of Just Carol the City. Anyway... Then we go outside for dessert, and it couldn't have been really a more beautiful night. I mean, it's still a little sticky for me, but whatever. Please, everybody, right? Have dessert out there. Got a great picture to show you. I don't think I've shown it to anybody. Um, did I show it on the Tuesday show? I might have shown it on the Tuesday show. But mostly for the um, the uh, Patreon $10 subscribers, I'll show you the picture. I mean, it is a perfect picture. This guy took the most perfect picture where it looks like we're in, like, Greece or the south side of France on a beautiful summer evening where everybody's having a good time, having some coffee, some after-dinner drink. I mean, it really looks that way even though we're on a fucking street in Hoboken. <laughs> this picture is, a, I think, what they use the term picture-perfect for. Then it makes me look even more like a dick that I didn't want to eat outside. But I promise the picture does not tell the story of where you're sitting in this like pretty much you know, rat-infested, you know, area of nonsense. I mean, it's not a bad block. It's just, uh, it's just stupid. Eating outside is stupid. I don't know. It's just, at least here in the city, there's got to be ways to eat outside that are much better than the way they do it in New York City. I mean, there are some restaurants that have it all set up and it's fun eating outside. But what? who likes eating outside when people are walking by and looking at your meal? Fucking hate that let alone the homeless people that sometimes come by and start peeing in front of you. I'm like, why, why, why is this good? That's why you should never sit on the rail where people are walking. At least they always have, if they have a big sidewalk, you know, sit inside, sit on the inside, more closer to the restaurant so you're not bothered by people, let alone all the nonsense that goes by. That all being said, it, was, it ended up being obviously really fun and, which I did not know, the meal was comped which is Dave Jeskow's favorite portion of the part. I couldn't even believe it because I, I was like, this is going to cost a lot of money and I, they, they can't pay for me. You know, I can't expect them to. So I, I couldn't even believe it. I mean, that was, uh, wow. I mean, seriously, that meal must have, I had to cost, four. last time I was there with that other girl, it cost like $400. This time there were four of us. So I don't know. I don't want to think about it. All I know is it was extremely nice. Maybe I, you know, I thanked Caitlin the next day, but maybe I need to thank her, uh, her mother and uh, father too. I didn't do that, and that's not cool. And then, of course, I went to my, uh, I walked Stacy, I walked Stacy home. I'm like, hey, you want to? Then she's like, 
you want to come in for some iced tea? And I'm like, yeah, sure. No, no, no. I, I just walked her home because it was, um, I don't know, there was like some homeless guy that was uh, making trouble. So I made sure she got home okay. And then I was like, now what do I do? Oh, that's right. We walked into CVS so she could get me something to drink, which was very nice. She came with. It's just, she knows everybody in Hoboken. It's so funny. We go to the CVS. She's like, hey, how's, how, you go? how you go? How you doing, you guys? She really is the sweetest person. It's so could never imagine that being Artie Lang's sister, but I'm pretty sure that people say the same thing about my sister and me. So, but she really is a kind person and really the queen of Hoboken. Then I was like, all right, now we'll see if my car starts. And wait, did it? Yeah, no, it did. It did. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it did. Right. I didn't have to worry. Or did I? No, I can't remember now. But I have that battery pack thing now, so it's okay. So I was like, you know, I'm like, well, I think I can handle it even if it didn't. Now I've been parking. When I park, I park backwards. So my, you know, hood is in the front just in case either I or somebody else has to jump it um, just in case. But everything worked and I got home and I remember knowing that I, right, right, right. I had to, I needed the car for the next day. Yeah. And I found a a spot right near my house. So I didn't have to, um, worry about going to the garage or anything so right that was perfect that was beautiful because then saturday was the actual birthday and remember maybe i told you i saved all my amazon gifts gifts i saved all my amazon packages like whether i ordered iced tea i ordered some underwear whatever i ordered what was the other thing that was really funny that was just stupid um oh a, a book i think i don't know but i saved all the packages to open on saturday around noon I was going to open all, and let alone gifts that um, people had sent, uh, like Marcy, our friend Marcy, is part of the, the show, and, and my friend Aaron, and all these people that sent actual gifts to my house, let alone, I kept getting uh, calls from the doorman that there, there was food coming up. Uh, John Vitti sent me a bunch of cupcakes, so he is now resolved, uh, or whatever you call it, uh, <laughs> vindicated. Uh, no, but it, it was really nice. Even though I was angry, I would have been angry if I wasn't working and had to get up at eight. I would have been furious <laughs> that anybody sent me shit at nine in the morning with that buzz. Remember, you're in New York City. Your buzzer rings and you're not expecting anybody. It's real fucked up. It's not like being at your house in the suburbs where somebody rings the bell and you're like, oh, who could that be? You know, now you're like, oh, fuck, it's the cops. I'm in big trouble. They want me out of the building. I don't know. So, but it was this beautiful cupcakes. And then Marina sent me. Two pieces of big birthday cake from Mangolia, Mang- Magnolia Bakery, I think it's called. And she sent me a whole bunch of other like candy from Amazon and stuff. So I opened all these packages. It was so much fun. It was like Christmas for me. But even the underwear was fun to open. I, I, one was a T-shirt. I'm like, oh, a T-shirt. I got myself a T. Oh, doesn't this look good? Even the ones I bought for myself. But I got to say, Marcy was amazing. She bought me these little mini books that I've been talking to the air. I just bought these mini books. She bought me a collection of Jane Austen books, including Emma, which I was telling I got to read. That was so kind and so sweet. It was just so, it was such a nice thing to do, Marcy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I mean, it really, you know, I don't expect anybody to do that, but that's, that's so nice. I could never thank you enough. And then my friend Aaron sent me a, a mug of Mannix. You know, my favorite TV show from growing up. You know the Mannix. Mannix, the theme. The greatest theme ever. Oh, 
I've been trying to recreate that opening for years. In fact, I did it on my cooking show. Oh, I got to get that on uh, digitally. Uh, I had a cooking show on the Food Network, and I recreated the opening from Mannix for the cooking show, where I'm on top of a car, I burn toast, I, I'm trying to make a pizza, you know, all the stuff that uh, that Mannix used to do, which made, for some reason, I thought it was a good show, and now it's just so stupid, but... That was really kind of, but then she got me a shirt that said, kind of a Baldwin, which is the very awesome gift, I got to say. I mean, that that's right from Clueless. It's saying, you know, I, it's a very nice gift, I got to say. That was really fun. It was, uh, you know, that's that's really, so, so thank you, guys. I mean, that was such sweet things, really something else that I uh, couldn't understand. Also, Marcy got me a great card, too, really Really nice card. So, and I also, I, quite frankly, I think as a gift, the um, the Jessica Dan poster uh, your your daughter made. It's it's so good. We Mike always has it ready to show on the Tuesday show because it's uh, really good. That that should be the cover of my book if I ever make one. It's so brilliant. Anyway, like I could, you know, the problem is I wanted these cupcakes and cakes, but I was like, I know I have a big dinner tonight, so I couldn't eat any of it, which is you know sucks. But they certainly look delicious. I ended up giving one of the pieces of cake to the 19-year-old girl at my office whose last day it was, and it was also her birthday the day after, the 14th, so it was perfect, and I put a little candle in it, and I gave it to her, and that was really nice, you know, I mean, for, for me to be able to give it to somebody else who's going to be able to eat it, because, uh, you know, I, I, I can't eat all that stuff. I know it seems like I can I'm just not a big dessert guy, but I mean, I am, but how can, you know, so I gave a bunch to my doorman or something. I'm like, please, please take some of these cupcakes. There's no way I can eat them all. I don't know how long they last, but anyway, it was so sweet and people acknowledging the birds. Remember I was working that day too, but it was no big deal. And then the whole key was that, you know, I'm meeting Laura, I'm picking her up and we're going out for dinner for the Korean barbecue. So I was very excited about that. My car started. I picked up Laura. She, for some reason, went to another side of the street, and she's like, well, it's a good thing you came along. I was getting cat calls, and I'm like, yeah, she must get those all the time. She looked pretty good. She's got big boobies. I guess that's what does it mostly, but uh, yeah, or maybe she just thinks she gets cat calls. I don't know, but uh, fortunately, I saved her from all of that, uh, and then we went up to the George Washington Bridge. Oh, and that's what I was thinking. Right. I don't remember. When, on Friday, when we were at that restaurant, we were talking about the movie Arthur as we ought to do on this show all the time, right? Talk about Arthur all the time. And then I walk, when I walked in after the dessert to go to the bathroom before I was going home, guy's playing uh, Arthur on the piano. Couldn't even believe it. And I go, he's playing Arthur on the piano. Uh, it was so weird because I think maybe some girl hadn't seen it. Or maybe she, no, she loved it too. She loved it. She loved the song. And we were talking about it and the guy was playing it. It was unbelievable. So then I was telling, uh, yeah, later on, I was telling Laura about the song and the movie. And while we were going over the George Washington Bridge, I played it. And I think she understand why it's so great. Once in your life, you find her. Someone who turns your heart around. And next thing you know, you're closing down the
also said that, well, so we go to the restaurant. So it's me, my sister, uh, my nephew, my niece. We're talking about Dory. And uh, my brother-in-law, my two new cousins. <laughs> and uh, my sister's uh, friend from across the street, Mary, you know, the queen of Marvel. And it was fun. So we got there before everybody else. And we actually sat at the table, me and Laura. And we're just waiting to get a drink again, you know. And the waitress never comes over. It's so annoying. I just want to get a beer. And I was like, so I'm annoyed. Oh, no, I had sake, of course, and the beer, even though it's not Japanese, but they have it. And the waitress, I'm like, ugh. And then my sister said, maybe they hate taking care of white people. I don't know. That could be a thing because I think it was mostly Korean. But I was kind of hoping that wasn't a thing, but maybe it was a thing. I don't know. Why wasn't I getting any service? You know, but I, I don't know. I don't know. So, you know, I said, like, come on, we got to get drinking. This is super fun. And everybody came. And my brother-in-law ordered for everybody, and it was great. He's so good at that, and he ordered everything, and it was and it was so good. But again, the waitress, like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get a beer. And then she never came with it. And then I asked somebody, I'm like, hey, can I get a beer? Goes, what kind? I'm like, well, I already ordered it. I just don't know where it is. And, you know, that kind of stuff, which I hate. You know, you just want to be kept. Really, as long as most people just want their drinks. The food is not is the second afterthought, mostly. As long as you continue to sit down, you're drinking, it's good. But I don't think she was overworked. It wasn't that crowded. So I, I don't know what the story was. That always, But then she forgot my nephew's like plate of sushi, which was his meal. And I'm like, well, you stink. Where's his entire meal? All right. Uh, so that kind of shit just drives me crazy. But we let it go. It was fun. The whole meal was delicious and fun. And then everybody went home. And I'm like, I don't want to go home. It actually is a beautiful night. Uh, my birthdays have never been a beautiful day. It's always either rained or it's ridiculously hot. August 13th, you know, I mean, that's it's sick. So to take advantage of a perfect day is very rare on my birthday. But it always rains and lightnings on my birthday. But then it always clears up towards the night when I have my party. But it has rained on my birthday every year since I can remember. I mean, we got... Tons of footage, Super 8 footage of me having my parties in the garage at our house when I was, you know, two or three because it was always raining outside or just too hot out in the daytime. So we'd have in the garage in the shade with the oil spill and everything. You, you drop that birthday candle, the whole, everybody goes up in flames. This was good. It was such a beautiful night. So we went to this, I, I know my friend Alina took me to this ice cream place where they do rolled ice cream. I guess in Fort Lee, New Jersey. I don't know. She told me about the place and I found it. And I'm like, let's go here. And then we can sit in this little area above a bank where we went and just hang out and eat it. She goes, what? And how are we going to get up there? I'm like, I don't know. I, 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 we've done it before. And it was really pleasant last year at this exact time. So we got the ice cream. It was really good. They have like mashups, you know, but they're rolled. I guess it's also some sort of Asian, whether it's Japanese or Korean, whatever it is. I got banana and Nutella and a big toasted marshmallow on top. It was fantastic. And I'm like, oh, this is too much, you know, and I don't know what she got. And I'm like, this is too much, but we ended up eating the whole thing. It was really delicious. You almost want to take the rolls and just put it in your mouth, but, you know, you do it with a spoon. And we sat at this place, and it was a very, very pleasant, comfortable, weather-wise evening. Uh, and ironically, I parked in a uh, funeral home place uh I love parking in cemeteries and funeral homes, and that's what I do now because then I'm always hoping my car won't start because uh, there's nothing funnier than that, as we talked about last week. Anyway, yeah, so then we had a good time, and, and then I, I played. Uh, so 
We were because the moon was unbelievable that night, and I said, um, "Yeah, the moon is following me." That's what I said. That's what happens in Arthur. She thinks the moon is following her, and so we were looking at the moon, and we're like, "Well, it's really something special," and it really was. It was very romantic in many ways. And then I drove home over the George Washington Bridge, and I played the Arthur theme because how could you not? It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and then we're you know just heading into the city. It's beautiful. I take her. Um, I drop her off. I right. Then I think I took my car all the way back to the garage. Right. I know what. I think it was the Dominican Day Parade was the next day. Oh my God. I'm like, you know what? If I don't put my car and and the worst part is, you know, she lives. On the east side, I live on the... I, it could have been so easy to just park my car and then move it on. So, and I'm like, you know what? I think the Dominican Day Parade is tomorrow. This fucking nonsense. I know it's going to fuck me up. Let me just let me just put it in there now. And then I took a bike back to my house. And then I'm looking down the street. I think I took a picture of it. And the moon is there. It's following... I said, oh, my God. And I, and I said, I, I, I texted her the picture. I'm like, look, the moon is following me. It actually is following me. I didn't even understand how it could be on that side because when we were looking at it before, it seemed like it was on the west. And then when I went to my house, it was definitely on the east. This is the moon following me. What does that mean? What does that mean for the future? I'm like, what are you telling me? It's perfect weather on my birthday and the moon is following me. Something special is going to happen this year. And then the next day, everything was back to normal. The fact that my car started, I'm like, hey, things are going my way. And the next day, I'm like, eh, eh. It's like that when I got into the accident. I'm like, oh, my life's going to change. And then six months later, I'm the same thing. Who cares? So Sunday, nothing happened except for the fact that Lee, I saw that Lee dropped the uh, Patreon and and my friend's uh, wife dropped it. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably because of the podcast, but I wasn't sure. And then, of course, I got confirmation on that. Again, I, I don't know why they listen. I mean, that's that's what you need to do. I, who's, why listen? You know, you guys listen. That's the key. I don't know why friends or my family finally stopped listening. They got it. Yeah, don't listen. I don't need you guys to listen. I just need you guys to listen. You know what I'm talking about. My new friends, my new podcast friends, they're so much better than actual friends I've had from growing up. You guys are so much more sophisticated than my other friends who are stupid. And then on Monday, you know, I didn't go to work at 5.30 in the morning. And I'm like, you know, I'm excited for work today because, you know, my the person I work with isn't in. On Monday, so it's myself. So I bought a book. I bought Emma to read and I bought all this stuff. But then uh, she was in. And I'm like, fuck, that ruined my whole day. But she wasn't in Tuesday and Wednesday. So I just sat in this room and I read Emma while I was just sitting there and waited until lunchtime. It was brilliant. I think I took a nap on both days too. So it's a pretty good job if you have to have a job. So, but I didn't go to the bar because I got this new desk that cost kind of a lot of money, 
but I had an American Express gift card that I had from my old job. I'm like, well, I'll use that. I need a new desk to put all my monitors in. So that's why I wasn't even going to tape in my room today. I love taping in my room because then I can scream like this and my neighbors aren't going to hear it. Because when I, you know, usually when I do the Tuesday show or I do Billy Joe, I'm right by the door and I know my neighbors are listening and it's embarrassing. Even if they're outside in the elevator, waiting for the elevator and I'm saying about my neighbors, then they're like, wait, whoa, he's talking about us. So I was like, I don't know because I can't bring my chair in because the table that I'm putting together is smack in the middle and I was trying to get it done by Thursday because I thought my cleaning lady was going to come and that's the best time to do it before she comes. And then I found out she found tickets to Mexico and I ain't going to see her till September. My place is a pigsty. It's disgusting. This is on the, disgusting in the sense of I knew she was coming on Thursday and then it all gets cleaned up and it's beautiful. But right now it's so bad. I saw a huge roach the other day. I don't know where the fuck that came from. I figured maybe it came from the box or something. I don't know. It's making me very uncomfortable. That's the second one I've seen in like 10 years. So now I got to get this whole place. I don't know what's going on. I haven't. I really haven't seen big ones like that in years since I've had a cat, you know. And my cat used to just stare them down, so I knew where they were. And it's very rare to see one in this apartment, which is odd because it shouldn't be rare. It's New York City, you know. This happens. Yeah. So I thought it was from building that table, but I'm right in the middle of building it, and it's a big to do. But it's a big, long, 55-inch desk where I'll be able to put all the monitors, and maybe I'll have like a clamp to do like the proper podcasting and stuff. It'll be really cool. So I'm kind of looking forward to putting it together. And that's why I figure I'll come home Monday. I won't go to the bar. I'll come home Monday and get work done. And I did. And I got a lot of work done because, you know, normally I just fall asleep. And I, and I, I took the bus to see if the bus would work. That way I'll take the bus. I'll take a nap on the bus and then I'll be able to do some work, which is exactly what happened. So it wasn't a bad plan, but the bus is just stupid. But it goes right from my job to right to my house. There is no walking anywhere in between. So I'm like, I'll just, I'll try this. The next day I ended up taking, to do the show, you know, I had to go home and do the show, not from the cellar this time. So I took the city bike because, you know, I can't take the scooter anymore. It doesn't, I can't park it on my block. So I said, let me try the city bike. It's a beautiful day. I'll try the, if I can get an electric city bike. I don't want to fool around. So I got, what they, they have, Three different bikes now. They have the regular bike, which no one wants anymore, so I wish they'd just get rid of them. Then they have the e-bikes, which is the electric bikes, and then they have this thing called the next-gen bikes, which everyone wants. It's much sturdier and prettier and faster. It's fantastic. So I found there was one right by the Staten Island Ferry, and I took it out, and as I took it out, they say, this one doesn't work anymore. And I'm like, well, how the hell am I even going to put it back? Unfortunately, I was able to put it back. So I'm like, this sucks. So then I took a regular e-bike and then I took it where I saw another next gen bike when I was going up like Fulton Street or something. And I'm like, oh, let me try this one. Because I think, oh, then I tried an electric bike and that didn't work too. And then I had to go to another place, right? Oh God, it was such a pain in the ass when they tell you there's this many bikes and they don't work. So then I finally got one of those next-gen bikes, and I took that all the way home. And I got to say, boy, was that easy. Well, that, that, it's like riding the scooter, except for the bumps. It's, um, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a joy. It's, a, it's so easy, especially in nice weather like this. It's really terrific. So that was a really quick and convenient way to come home. Did the Tuesday show. Now I'll tell you this. Part of my doctor, this is interesting. I'll tell you my trouble. I got the wrong doctor. You know my doctor, Dr. Vinnie Boombach. Know my doctor? What a doctor. 
I called him last week. I told him, Doc, I swallowed a bottle of sleeping pills. He told me to have a few drinks and get some rest. <laughs> so I haven't had any health insurance. I mean, I had Obamacare, I guess. That's what they call it when I didn't have anything. But I don't even know whether I still had it or whether it worked. And as you know, I couldn't even find a doctor to get a prescription of my medication during COVID. It was so bad. They're like, oh, they don't take this insurance. They don't take that insurance. You know, you really. And all I wanted to do was get my old doctor back. I loved my old doctor. He was great. I loved talking to him. I don't even know whether he's a good doctor. I just love him. I felt comfortable with him. I felt I could talk to him. Sometimes he'd give me a sample Viagra pill. Like, you know, he just got it. You know, like, I mean, uh, yeah, take these. Hey, there you go. You're all right. He was really nice. I, uh, maybe he's around my age. I don't know. I really liked him a lot, and I enjoyed talking to him. And what's better than having a doctor you like, which, is, of course, that's what anybody wants. And then, of course, I lost my job, so I lost my insurance. I couldn't do it. But I think I told you that just before I left, he said, by the way, I'm letting my patients know, my good patients that I like, that I'm moving to an all-concierge service. I, I've told you this before, maybe many years ago, though. And I said, well, what's that? He goes, well, I still take insurance, but you have to pay $1,000 a year to see me now. And I'm like, what What do you get with that? Well, you know, you get my, I might call you back. What? I mean, it really is that simple. You, you know, he, uh, you, you get his number, you can, you can, you can text him, I guess, which, which isn't bad, but to pay an additional, you're paying your copay, you're paying all this, but then you're paying an additional $1,000 a year. And I'm like, well, I don't think I'd be able to do that. But then I got fired and I wasn't able to see whether I'd be able to do it anyway. So now that I had insurance again, I called up and I'm like, you know what? Because I remember Sarah even saying, I'll give you the $1,000. You got to get this doctor. But I said, I couldn't get this doctor anyway because he didn't take my insurance. Because it's kind of funny that you pay $1,000 a year, but you still can't use your doctor because you don't have the proper insurance. And that sucked. So I got the insurance. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm willing to pay the $1,000 a year because it's totally worth it because I miss this guy so much. And I have so many problems since I haven't seen him. And when I say problems, like minor problems, but problems I want to talk to him about. So I'm like, I'm ready to pay $1,000. So I call up, and they're like, oh, he's gone to a total concierge program now. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know. And they're like, we'll have somebody call you back. And this woman, Nikki, calls back, and she's like, hi, how are you? And I'm like, it's so funny because that's like, it gets the first part of the concierge service. How many people know when you call your doctor's secretary, they are pieces of shit. The receptionist is the worst person ever. They are so mean and nasty. It's like they're working in a jail cell. And quite frankly, if you remember correctly, when I was in jail... Down in the tombs at City Hall, those people were more friendly and were having so many laughs. The security people that were holding prisoners were more entertaining and fun than the receptionist at a fucking doctor's office. On the flip side of that, though, can you blame them? You've seen the people that you're in with when you go to a doctor. You've seen the way other people are. They're assholes. And you can only imagine what these people have to deal with every day. And the, the old people are even worse, right? So you're probably just like, uh, I really hate people. This is not the right job for me. But yet, I guess they get paid okay, and they don't have to lift coal or anything. So I don't know. You know, people stick with it. So that's the first thing of the concierge. The nicest person you could ever, well, this sounds great that you want to join. So here's the story. You know what I mean? She's really nice, and it's, it's very obvious. So she goes, it costs $2,700 a year. And I'm like, uh, wh- uh-huh, what? She's like, yeah. And then she told me, well, she told me what you, what you get, which is, you know, his number. <laughs> I 
some sort of, I don't know, maybe, I, I, I really don't know. It's stupid. Oh, but you get longer appointment visits and on-time ones. Now, that's a big deal. So if my appointment's at 1.30, he, I'm going to see him at 1.30. That's worth $1,000 a year, maybe. We all know that. We've all been to the doctor sitting there waiting 45 fucking minutes. On-time appointments, that's pretty good. But you get longer ones, too, which I like because I used to love to talk to him for hours, which is why he was late for other people. I love talking to the guy about whatever. I mean, anything, whether it be comedy or my health. I mean, I just enjoy this guy. It's more like a therapist in a way, but he also you know, knows what's causing my back problems. It's it's perfect. So I'm like, well, that's not bad. But what do you, wait, what, what, what is this $2,700? Wait, I mean, I, I, I was there when he said he was turning to concierge. She told me it was $1,000 a month. She goes, oh, yeah, it went up. And then she said, well, what it is is it's $1,000 if you're 20 to 30. It's two. I'm like, I see where this is going. And I hate you <laughs> so much. Don't continue I see where this is going. So she goes, and I said, I'm sorry. You know, I just was really, I, I, I was like, finally, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to pay the $1,000. So she goes, well, you know what? Let me call you back tomorrow and let me talk to him and see if he'll work out a deal or something. And I'm like, well, yeah, you can check. I mean, I understand. I, I know how it is, but um, whatever. So I hang up. And then the next day, just before I leave, I was telling the girls at the lunch thing what happened. And just before I left, we, you know, we have a little coffee clutch. Uh, around four o'clock on Wednesdays, um, <laughs> me and the uh, me and uh, Chloe and Julie and Shantae, and you know we talk about uh, what's going on for the weekend because it's my weekend, and uh, what's going on you know with my doctors because I'm old, uh, so that's all I have to say. Well, my doctor says I don't have bursitis, but I say I do, and what do doctors know? Oh, uh, what I'd give to be fifty-eight again. No, I'm trying to do Hyman Roth. What I'd give for another 20 years. What I wouldn't give for 20 more years. Here we are, protected. Free to make our profits without Kiefer over the goddamn Justice Department and the FBI. 90 miles away, partnership with a friendly government. Just one small step, looking for a man that wants to be president of the United States and having the cash to make it possible. Michael, we're bigger than U.S. Steel. Hyman Roth's been dying of the same heart attack for 20 years. Anyway, so he called, the doc, that girl called and said, oh, the doctor said that he would offer you $1,200. And I'm like, I'll take it. Now, I don't know where I'm even going to get this money from, you know, because I'm still not, I definitely found out I don't make enough at my job. I thought working overtime I would, but it didn't pay as much as I thought. So I'm going to have to get a second job of some sort again, some some way to make more money. It's just too expensive to live in this town with this particular job, but it does, but half of it pays the rent. So what are you going to do? But I'm like, I'll take it. And she goes, well, there's just one thing. He said that if he gives it, you have to, and then she clicked out. And I'm like, what? I have to what? I have to what? And she goes, you have to provide, um, you know, multiple comedy routines. And I'm like, Oh, Jesus Christ, I wasn't sure what you said. What was, <laughs> you're going to have to provide, and then the legs just hung up. And I'm like, oh, see, he remembers me. Well, why wouldn't he remember? I mean, he's great. And I don't know if you remember correctly, but when they said I was dying of a heart attack at the city MD, and they said, you need to go to the hospital now. You're dying of a heart attack. And uh, and then the doctor came and see me in the emergency room at, at, at the Cornell Hospital over here, which is a great hospital. 
I said, you know, if you could just call my old doctor, I, I think he'll tell you that I, I just work a certain way that other people don't. And I, I think he'll explain everything. And I wasn't sure if he would because I'm not his patient anymore. But they called him and he told them, oh, that guy's crazy. Yeah, his blood works a different way. Don't worry about it. He's fine. So I'm like, why wouldn't I want that doctor back again? He put the whole thing to rest that the doctor at the city MD is a fucking quack. And then I love this guy. I'm not his patient, but he said, oh, yeah, no, he's he works backwards. His heart works differently. I mean, look at him. He's a mess. Is he yelling and screaming about a check that happened in 1975? Because, yeah, that, that's just cow. Yeah. So wait, you know, maybe, you know, maybe um, Lee can understand that uh, my heart works backwards. So maybe that can explain all this stuff and people won't be as mad at me anymore. I told you I'm special. That's quote special. So I love this. So I don't know. It's worth it. I'm so excited about it. I can't stand it. I don't know how I'm going to pay. I think I can pay in installments, which is my favorite, which is everybody's favorite thing to do, but it's totally worth it. I'm so excited to have my doctor back. I mean, how funny is it that, but we know everybody, you know, once I didn't have an insurance, I was listening to people about insurance. Like, oh, I remember Obama talking about, we want people to have, you know, be able to use the doctors they like. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Why can't you use the doctors you like? And now I get it. And now I really get it. I guess being, uh, then I was like, you know, where am I going to find it? The doctor, I'm going to, I definitely want to go refer because that's how I found him in the first place. Guy, kid from high school, I met at a doctor who had another doctor in that place that I was. He told me about this kid, this kid, Danny Sachs. I hadn't met him in years. And if Silverberg's listening, he knows. I ran into Danny Sachs. Danny Sachs has one of the greatest stories of all time. He just, uh, I ran into him on the street. I'm like, oh, I got to tell you what happened. This thing with another guy from high school was the best. Great guy. And he told me about this other doctor. And ever since then, I'm like, I'm all in. And he's like, oh, you're going to love this doctor. You're going to love this doctor. He just came in for a cold. He just likes talking to the doctor. Because I think he's around our age. He's like the same. It's beautiful. He looks like half of the guys who went to high school. I mean, he's, he's, I think he's also very attractive. <laughs> not, and I don't know whether I can go to a female doctor. I really don't. I, I guess I could. I don't care. If somebody's a doctor, I guess. I, I just wonder. I mean, I guess they have female doctors for men. You know, it's just not. It's always been a man. It's been a man for women all the time. But obviously they do. I mean, I go to female doctors for other things, just not where I have to take off my pants and they're going to feel my testicles. I mean, or put their hands up my ass. Does that, in this, do, do, do women doctors do that for men? If, I mean, if they're feeling my balls for testicular cancer, won't I get erect? Well, not me, but a normal guy. Uh, I mean, that that's... Is that a thing? Or am, I, am I behind the times? I mean, I, I guess they have to do that. Or are there no... I mean, the way things are these days, a woman should be able to do that for a guy. It shouldn't be a problem because a man does it for a woman for sure. But does it work the other way around? Would I have a female doctor checking my, for me for my, my balls to make sure there's no lumps? Just the way a guy definitely checks a woman for a booth because that's how... All these doctors have gotten into trouble. Wait a minute. I didn't ask you to check my... No, standard procedure, standard... You know, all that that fucking Larry Nasser and shit like that. The poor gymnasts, those poor kids. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I tell you, I went to that dermatologist in that same place who I thought was so hot, and she would check for, like, I guess, moles, and she would definitely put her hands down my underwear and, and check that area. So I guess it does happen, but, but I was like, you know, you, you're trying not to get around. So you're thinking of sports. It's just as bad as having sex 
was were you trying not to finish in in, in time? I mean, it. I guess it happened. I guess you got to be. I mean, I don't think I'd have a problem because I'd be so uptight that this woman was. But guys, sometimes guys can't handle. It. I mean, they must get a wreck. But I guess she's our. I guess she's okay with that too. I guess she's used to it. I don't know. That's an interesting question. I have nobody's ever told me. I don't know any guys that have a female doctor yet. You know, because because it's new. I I know it doesn't. It sounds ridiculous, right? But it is, right? I mean, there's there just haven't been female internists. I think for for, for like I mean maybe the past 20 years that's you know it's changing and stuff but it's an interesting question i i would love to hear from any of you that have a female internist you know a doctor right your your doctor that you go for physicals and if this has ever happened because now that i think about it, i'm like you know i'm always looking for doctors that are good looking you know whether it's a therapist whether it's an internist a dermatologist you, you want the good looking ones you don't but i you know that's the way i i'm like well, it's also nice if they're good looking and they're giving you advice. It seems like good looking people should give people that aren't good looking advice all the time. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It, I guess it's a little awkward. That's an interesting question, at least uh, for me. But maybe some of you out there going like, he's a fucking idiot. He's a genuine idiot. He is special. Why are we listening to this? Because everybody likes the rantings of a lunatic. Folks, Jerry Stiller has the face of a star. And that star is Lassie. <laughs> His Hebrew name is Yich. Jeez, I'm already an hour in. I didn't even tell you what happened yesterday. yesterday oh, Wednesday, I, I walk up and, and Jeff was in town. And I'm like, uh-oh. No, no, but it was great. And we wanted to go see Debbie Gibson, but we couldn't do it. She was so, I, you know, I'm trying to date her. But we couldn't get tickets. But I just went to see him when we walked. I came from work. Walked up to see him. We walked around Washington Square Park a little bit. And he's like, hey, you want to walk to the river? I'm like, no, I don't want to walk. I've been walking all day. So then, it, But we were walking like around, just hanging around. And then he had dinner plans. <laughs> he had dinner plans, of course, uh, 7.30. So then after we walked, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Now I'm taking a bike home. So I took. I didn't finish the walk. So, I, but, but the bike does give a little bit of excess energy. I mean, even though it's an electric bike, I still feel like I'm getting some exercise, but I had already walked like three miles. That was good for today. Meanwhile, at work, the breakfasts have been unbelievable. I can't stop. On Tuesday, they had um, eggs on avocado toast. It was unbelievable. On Wednesday, they had eggs Benedict, which is what I usually order at a diner. And then, of course, there's lunch. They had the chicken enchiladas. They had steak. I mean, it's like I'm, 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 it's. Uh, I'm losing it. I can't take it. It's it's just too delicious. What am I going to do? I'm not going to eat it. It's impossible. I look forward to it every day. It's the only thing I look forward to. That's the problem. I can forego the breakfast, but I can't because I have like, right, you know, I get there at eight o'clock at nine o'clock. I go upstairs for breakfast, right? Because it's like, I got to do something, even if it's just oatmeal, right? So it's I got I to do something. And then you see, you know, that he's got tater tots. And I'm like, fuck, no one ever has tater. All right, give me some tater tots. Then I go up, I'm just, I'm just having oatmeal today, and then I see this avocado toast with a runny egg, you know I love, even though it gives me diarrhea. And I'm like, son of a bitch. But I have to go up there because it breaks up the day. Then I come back down, I eat it. At 11 o'clock, I have a cup of tea. As George Costanza says, when it's opposite day, I have a cup of tea. A little green tea to wash everything down with. Then at 1 o'clock, I go to lunch. And that's pretty much the end of the day. Come back at two, it's time to go. Three o'clock, I used to have tea, but now I uh, 
I just have a cup of water. So you can't have any more green tea, otherwise I'll never make it home. Just talking about peeing-wise. But anyway, on Thursday, I usually go to visit my mom, which I did, but there was also a funeral. My friend Mark, this lovely guy, his mom died. Um, it was my sister's friend, but I, I love him too. And uh, I was like, well, if the funeral's on Thursday, I can go. So the funeral is in Scotch Plains, New Jersey, where Gabriel, our friend Gabriel from uh, you know the podcast here from Canada, told me Dudley Moore is buried. And he had just gone to visit the gravesite. And I'm like, you know, and I'm not a big going to visit gravesite guy, but I'm like, well, if I'm going to be there. Once in your life you find her Someone who turns your heart around her. Next thing you know So I went to the funeral, and then I, I told my sister, I'm like, we, she's like, well, we don't have to go to the gravesite. I'm like, oh, I'm going to the gravesite. I'm going to go see Dudley Moore's grave. And my sister wanted to go too, but we were part of the funeral procession. So you could, I said, well, if I see a chance to get out of it where, where I don't think anybody will follow me, I'm going to do it. So one car followed me, and then I lost them. They realized they were following an idiot. And then uh, I knew exactly where it was. Like, I knew the it was in D3. So, you know, I went to the, the one funeral where it was fun because we threw uh, flowers on the grave, like, um, like in The Godfather. It was very exciting. So I, I parked my car uh, across the way, and I go up, and I look for it, and I find it. It's in this beautiful section. I took a picture of it. It's an unbelievable tombstone that I told my sister later. I'm like, hey, this is what I want. I want a picture of myself on the tombstone. I want the Just Go in the City picture of me with that ridiculous smile that's what I want on my tombstone. Just so you know, she goes, well, what if, what if I outlive, what if you outlive me? And I'm like, oh, that's true. I probably will. I'll tell Billy when I get home uh, because I probably, I'm going to outlive everybody. But like I said, poor. That's my punishment for something I did in the past life. I'm going to live to be 112, something like that. Probably even the longest that anybody's ever lived. But poor. That is the punishment. But it was beautiful. And it was on this beautiful, it reminded me of this old Odd Couple episode where Felix wanted to die and he had this money for a gravesite and Oscar gambled it away. And it was this gravesite overlooking a brook and this tree. And it really was nice. It was a great place to spend. But I don't know what to do there. I'm looking. I'm, I'm like, oh, so it's, it's just a pleasure to be here with you again. I just want to say how you changed my life. Do you think you want some cheese? I definitely, I, I, I just wish I had a drink so I could pour one out. But I took a picture. You'll be able to see it. We'll zoom in, see the little British, little British flag rock that's on the thing and a couple of things. But wait do you see the headstone. It's beautiful. It's got a picture of him playing the piano and his tux. Just the way we want to remember him. put it together is brilliant i don't know why he's a british guy is buried in scotch plains new jersey but perfect for me 
And then Mark was like, so I was planning on going to my mom's. I was planning on having dinner down the shore. And Mark, you know, Mark goes to me and said, please tell me you're coming to the restaurant. You're coming to the restaurant, right? I'm like, yeah, I guess we're going to the restaurant. So we went to the restaurant. I mean, it was great. And we were just sitting with all, it was this Italian restaurant right by my sister's house. It, was, it couldn't have been any easier. And I wanted to go see my nephew too because he's going to college, you know, where I'm teaching next week. So I wanted to see him before he leaves. I think I'm going to help him next week move in. This is so weird. You know where I'm going to be teaching, allegedly. So we went to this place and they had really good food, but there was one waitress and she was annoyed by everyone. You know me, I can't help myself. So I'm like, hey, you're doing a great job. I was trying to be nice. And I, I think she understood. I mean, she was just, they were short-staffed. But I said, well, why is she angry? I mean, there's no way she woke up today and said, uh, well, maybe she did because it's a funeral, so it is a, but you know, she must, they must have known in advance Thursday we're having 100 people. But yeah, she said to short staff, the woman that owns the restaurant was helping too. So she was a little overworked, but she did a really good job as the best she could. And they had really good pot. The food was excellent. And Beth was like, I, I don't understand why we've never come here before. Because it was in a strip mall we'd never noticed before. And then Mark's dad, who's this uh, German old man, and we, you know, we just make Holocaust jokes to him all the time because he has the accent and everything. But he's so sweet. He's like, come on, can you get up and do some comedy? And I'm like, you're kidding, right? He goes... No, my wife would have really liked it. She loved to laugh. And I'm like, I feel kind of, un- I mean, I'm doing comedy at the table here, but if I get up and do it in front of everybody, I'm just going to make fun of the fat kid eating the food. And he's like, that's all right. And I'm like, no, 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 that's that's your grandson. I think it would be a mistake. Uh, I, I just couldn't do it. and It was so weird. I mean, I wanted to help the guy. So then Beth goes, hey, we'll all go out for dinner. We'll go out for dinner. You know, it'll be great. I'll be like, yeah, I'll get us a couple of chicks. And he's like, isn't it too soon? And I'm like, oh, right, right, fuck. Right. His wife just died. I forgot what we were doing here. I just thought it was Mark's father. I forgot why we were here. I didn't never met his mother. I never met his mother, so I didn't know this. I'm like, right, right. Uh, right. And my sister was even like, yeah, I was going to say, like, we could set you up. You're totally going to get laid, you know, whatever. She's like, but I didn't say it. I'm like, yeah, well, that would have been smarter. I did. But it's weird when you've never met the person that's dead. I was there for my friend Mark. And really his lovely father. And uh, that's the best you can do, right? <laughs> is fall in love. Arthur, he does as he pleases. All of his life has rigged time. And ever- you think I know all the words by now, and I just don't know. But um, isn't Newman, I just saw that out when he um, he put together the Newmanium, his uh, party on 2000, when he found out that wasn't the right millennium, actually. He said he booked it in 1978, and he booked Christopher Cross. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to have to cancel it because I've told everybody about my party. Cancel? Think again, Longshanks. <laughs> I started planning this in 1978. I put a deposit down on that revolving restaurant that overlooks Times Square, and I booked Christopher Cross. <laughs> if you get drunk between the moon and New York City. Oh, my whole week was Arthur-related. And that makes for a great week. So then I went to visit my mom. I just kept postponing. It's no big deal if I get there at 3.30, right? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, what's that? What do you got something going on? I don't know. So I get there at 3.30. I find it. My sister's like, I'm not going down. I'm like, well, I don't mind because I'm going to go down to the shore and have dinner there tonight. So I don't care if I go later. They want to eat at 7.30. So I'm like, that's fine. So I get there at 3.30. She, uh, I walk up the stairs to the elevator. She was heading down the elevator. I'm like, what, what are you doing? She says, well, I didn't know if you were coming. I'm like. What do, you, what do you mean you didn't know if I was coming? I told you I'd be there at 3.30. Well, you know, I I, uh, I don't know. And I'm like, are you all right? 
What's the matter with you? She was, we keep thinking there's something wrong ever since she hit her head, but she was, <laughs> if you don't think this runs in the family, she was panicked because she was told she was supposed to have dinner at 5.30 and she hadn't heard from anybody. So she was going crazy. She was going down to see if anybody just, maybe she didn't forget. I was coming. She was so panicked. Wait, are we having dinner at 5.30? Are we not having dinner at 5.30? So I'm like, how can I not understand that? You know, I can't get mad at it because I'm like, oh, well, that's something I can understand. So we, I, we went back to the room and then she had lost her keys and I had to go find the keys. So it was a whole, then I get worried. But then we went down to see the ladies so she could ask them if we're having dinner at 5.30. She goes, yeah, it turns out we are having dinner at 5.30. I'm like, well, when the hell were they going to call you? She's like, well, the woman's 104. And I'm like, that's no excuse. She's sitting outside. She's able to get there by herself. You know, me, I'm just like, but obviously my mother feels the same way. She just doesn't speak out about it. So it runs in our family. The insaneness of having a plan and getting ready. So if I come at 3.30 and she's like, oh, my God, I don't know if I can take a, a guest at 3.30. I got to get ready. I got to be out there at 5.30. I'm like, well. Now I know where it comes from. Now I know where it comes from. The entire Juskow family is insane, and it never will not be, apparently. It just runs forever. It's a good thing I didn't have any kids yet. So then I left there. I go down the shore. I meet my friend. I'm still wearing a suit. you know. So I'm wearing a suit walking on the beach, but it looks normal because all the Hasidic Jews wear that, so they just probably just thought I was you know, a Jew walking around and I'm, but I'm wearing the suit uh, that I wore at the funeral and I meet my friends for dinner and we have, but this guy, this guy who's, I guess around my age, he's like, no, he doesn't like eating late. So he, you know, he wants to make it six 30 and then he wants to leave. It was really annoying because I didn't invite him, but I like the guy and I like his wife a lot. So I wanted her to come. So they came because my friend Lou had to do something until seven 30. So I said, well, I don't mind just drinking, waiting to eat, which is exactly what we did. We had a wonderful time. I had a couple of martinis and then we had some really good pasta. I had these meatballs. And you have a lovely view of the ocean. It was fantastic. And then, uh, I don't know, I guess, well, then it was 11 o'clock. And I'm like, well, how did it become 11? I should probably get home. And so then, you know, I have my plan where I can go about 30 minutes and make it stop. But I was feeling pretty good. Made it the whole way. No issues. Never even once feeling like I was going to doze off. The only issue is that they, uh, the turnpike was like closed where they put me to the, this other lane by the metal. It was like, oh, you just want to get home. And then they put you where you, it takes another 20 minutes. Oh, that's the most frustrating thing. But it all worked out. Parked the car, got home about 1 a.m. And I'm like, boy, that was a long day. And I hope I can sleep later today, which I did a little bit. But remember, there's a big podcasting day. So I never get a weekend, but I'm not complaining. Well, I am complaining because that's what I like to do, but I'm not complaining because, you know, my Saturdays and Sundays, even though I got to work, are pretty easy. But that well, that's why I'm taking a week off. Let's see what it's like where I don't have to edit the podcast or something just for a day. It's like I'm going to do it. But meanwhile, maybe I should even think about not doing this podcast anymore because I don't know who's listening. And if people are getting that angry about it, then so be it. But isn't this wonderful? I love complaining. I love talking about it. And I like talking about myself. So how would I ever forget? Who gives a shit? What anybody thinks, if no one's listening, I'll still put it out. Just go in the city forever.
is our season finale from January 1 to August 31. What is it? Thir- uh, 35 shows of Just Got the City. Almost 400 episodes of uh, The Spread, The Nightfly, and Just Got the City combined. I think December will be our 400th episode. Well, maybe we'll make that a super fun one. Let's hope, but, you know, whatever. But remember, we have the Tuesday show every Tuesday at 6 o'clock, although I w- I'll be on tonight, and then I'm taking a week off. I'm taking a week off from all my podcast day. You got to take a week off, recharge, do it the right way, and I will see you on Tuesday, September 6th, the day after Labor Day, when summer's over and football starts, and then the money problems begin. No, it's going to be great. I'm going to see you the day after Labor Day. So everybody have a wonderful week. Have a terrific holiday. little three-day week action. Even I get off that day. Wow, that's uh, that's new. You know, I'm, uh, again, I haven't been celebrating. But that's exciting. But then I'll be back Tuesday, September 6th, to regale you with so many fascinating things. Hey, I mean, stuff. Let's go back. Stuff like... Hey, my doctor, he's, uh, he's charging $1,000. He says if you're over 50, yeah, you get it. And my doctor, and then he went, and so I, I took the bike, and I had the Italian food, and I said, what, what am I going to eat this? And then I'm going to run. I mean, uh, God, my, my life is exciting and extremely boring at the same time. But I like to make the boring stuff exciting, and the exciting stuff like, eh, what are you going to do? But that's how Just Get Out the City rolls, and it will continue rolling starting on September 6th again. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, my Patreon subscribers. You're wonderful. Please tell your friends to join up because you can hear this kind of nonsense that will put you to sleep fast and all that kind of great stuff coming up. Everybody have a great week. And if you need me, just DM me or uh, hit me up on Patreon and we'll talk further. I'll see you next time on Just Gamble City. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.